your finances will leave a long-lasting impact on your family. After all, you only retire once. If you're looking to discuss all things pertaining to your retirement, you've come to the right place. This is Retirement Matters with Michael Stewart. Well, hello and welcome to another edition of Retirement Matters. I'm Mark Haywood alongside Michael Stewart, the founder of Crystal Lake Tax and Financial with an office in Crystal Lake, Illinois. You can find out more about Michael and the team online at crystallaketax.com. That's crystallaketax.com. Michael has his MBA in finance and is a registered financial consultant. He's also co-authored a book, Purpose-Based Investing, Nine Lessons to Rescue Your Retirement from Wall Street. That is available on Amazon. He's also got about two decades of doing this financial planning thing, so we're excited to have him and just get some of his wisdom on the podcast today. Michael, welcome into the show. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Mark. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. It is always a pleasure to be with you on the podcast. Let's waste no time. We've got a lot of good things coming your way today on the podcast, so let's just get right into it. Today, I want to talk about five retirement questions. So we get questions all the time from folks about retirement, of course, about finances. We've taken five of some of the really popular ones. And on the surface, these questions should be really easy to answer. However, I think you'll find once we do it a little digging, they're not. They're actually quite hard to answer. But it's tricky because they seem so simple at first and then kind of become overwhelming as you dig into them. So you'll see what I mean as I ask some of these, but let's just go through right down this list. Again, these are five topics that folks have talked with us about, asked us about in the past. Number one, deciding when to take your social security. That is is one of those, again, it seems like you'd say, I'll take it early, I'll take it right at 65, I'll wait till 70, but it's actually quite difficult maybe to decide. Yeah, it's a lot more complicated for that because it's very specific to individuals. So a lot of people, you know, it used to be easy, you know, your parents and grandparents, they turned 65, they could take social security and that was it. You know, they got their gold watch, their pension and would take social security at 65. Today, it's, you could take it early as 62, you could wait until 70 to get some extra credits. You know, you, most people at 66 or 67, somewhere in between where their full retirement age is. And really it's a function of, all right, well, where's your retirement income coming from? How important is social security? Is that gonna be a big driver of your retirement income? Or is that just gonna be a smaller percentage of everything because of either other retirement assets that you have, other income sources, be it rentals, pensions, what have you. So it's not as easy as just saying, hey, you know, I, I would like to start getting it at 62. Because basically what you're gonna do is you're gonna, you know, take 25, 35% less as a lifetime benefit. Are you gonna to continue to work? There's an earnings test. Do you understand that most of it might be taxed if you have other income sources? So what we do is, you know, we'll do on a quarterly basis, we'll do social security educational workshops at one of the local community centers, and we'll cover the very high level details for individuals on this, specifically just to show them that it's not as easy as a black and white, you know, take it at 62, 66, or 70, that it really needs to be coordinated in an overall retirement income plan for you, because there's just too many moving parts that matter. There certainly are. You have to incorporate it into that overall retirement income plan, as you discussed. And it really is important to kind of dig in with your advisor and get specific answers to that question. It's easy to talk in generality here on the radio, but with so many of these, you'll see it really requires that conversation about your specific situation. Let's talk now about designing a truly diversified portfolio. Again, everybody wants to be diversified. It seems like a lot of folks have an idea of what they think it means to be diversified, but that can be tricky as well. 
Uh, it can. And I think the biggest, most, or the trickiest part, let's say, of having a diversified portfolio and where a lot of clients don't really understand the pros and cons of that, they understand I don't want to have all my eggs in a basket. You know, that's the analogy that you hear all the time. But what a diversified portfolio means, it's a risk managed approach, which saying that we're not going to get all the up, but we're also not going to get all the down. And there's certain things that are going to perform better at any given time and certain things that are going to perform worse. And let me give you an example of an actual client review with a decent sized client that we have. Great husband and wife. You know, they're fun people. They're good people. But every time we have a review, diversification kind of gets in the way a little bit because we'll sit down and, you know, as a specific example, we sat down and, you know, over the rolling 12 months, the market itself has been up about 8% or so. So, you know, very volatile time the past year. Our portfolio, which is a diversified portfolio, maybe 40% stocks, 60% bonds, you know, so a little bit less than a normal balanced portfolio in the market. It returned about 5% over that 12 months. So we actually got over half of the returns of the market with less than half of our money in the market. So it wasn't nearly as volatile as, you know, most of last year was. So the client, you know, came up to me and said, how do you think we did? I'm like, oh, I think we did really well. We got a better return, you know, comparatively. And he said, I don't see it that way. So well, what were you expecting? The market's up eight, we're up five. We had less than half our money in the market. So we actually, that's a win. The person said, no, I really don't think that, you know, I expected more. So I said, well, where'd you expect the returns to come from? The response, that's your job. Well, if the market only does one thing and bonds only do one thing and we've got a percentage of those, that's a diversified portfolio. You know, what we're trying to do is minimize the downside and make sure that we have the growth that we require according to our plan going forward. That's what a diversified portfolio is. So you've got to understand that you're always going to have some winners. You know, maybe it's emerging markets, maybe it's bonds in a volatile environment, and you're also going to have some losers. So in 2017, international was great. In 2018, international was down double digits. Does that mean you shouldn't have it in your portfolio? No, not at all. It just means you need the right percentage of those. So you manage the risk on the downside, but you can still participate when things are going well. Let's stay on that conversation of investing for a moment. Talk about picking the funds in your 401k. That's a tricky topic as well. Yeah. And this is another stage of life thing, you know, that a lot of people overlook. So individuals, especially over 59 and a half, when they come in and, you know, they're approaching retirement, they've got this 401k at work and they're still working, come in and, you know, we begin to have this kind of risk conversation that, you know, we're near retirement or we're approaching retirement, you know, what should we do with our 401k? And then we take a look at the funds within the 401k. And let's say there's, you know, 30 funds. There's about 26 different kinds of really nice stock funds and about four safer bond type funds, maybe even a stable value kind of money market cash fund. So by the time they're coming to me, they're saying, hey, I'm trying to take a risk off the table. And one of two things are going to happen. So one of the things that we say is, well, how do you do that if 26 of your 30 choices are risk choices? And then even the three or four options that you have that are more conservative really only pay you like two, three percent. So then we begin to say, you know what, we could do what's called an in-service rollover. It allows you to still stay in your 401k, allows you to still, you know, continue to work and contribute, but you're allowed to roll some of that money out into an IRA and now the whole world of investment choices. So if you want to go out and buy an individual bond that's paying you 5% for five years for your more conservative money, you can do that where those would normally wouldn't have been options within your 401k, or you want to put an insurance wrapper on some of this money. Those are all options. The second thing on the 401k is that many times it's managed as its own little standalone account. 
You know, so on paper, it might look okay as far as the way it's balanced. What we try to work with, even if clients are keeping some of that money in their 401k, is say, let's not look at it as a 401k. Let's look at it as a household. So if we've got these IRAs and these non-retirement investment accounts and with these 401ks, let's make sure that when we put it all on one sheet of paper, regardless of the type of account it in, that it actually makes sense. Instead of having my IRAs invested this way and my 401ks invested this way and my non-retirements invested this way, what we do is put it all together and just lease on one sheet of paper in the software and then say, okay, here is a household how we're invested. So that way we can go back to the 401k and say, let's cherry pick the better funds that are available with the lowest fees and the best performance within the 401k and then complement it with everything that we're doing outside of the 401k. You know, so that's two different ways. One, you could do an in-service rollover, which will give you the whole universe of investment options, especially if you want to get more conservative. And the second option is coordinating the 401k choices with all the other choices outside of it as well. So you're probably listening to some of our answers now, and maybe your head's spinning now more than it was before we started this episode, but it's important to dive into some of these topics. Again, we can only really just get the conversation started here on the podcast. It's on you to follow up, and we want you to be able to do that. Michael, what does it look like to follow up with you there at um, your team? Yeah, just get, give the office a call. We'll get you in, and really what we have is what we call a discovery meeting. You come in, kind of talk about what you're trying to do, and then we essentially just sit back and kind of find out, here's what you say you want to do, here's how you're positioned, and find out if there's any kind of gaps along the way. Are you taking too much risk? Are you paying too much in fees or taxes? You know, Can you generate sustainable, predictable income off your portfolio the way it's currently set up? So from that conversation, that'll lead to, can we add value to what you're currently doing? If we can, great, we'll sit down and have that conversation and tell you what working together as a client advisory client of ours looks like and how we'll put a plan together for you. If not, then we just shake hands, part friends, and uh, you get your questions answered. If you'd like to start that conversation, just come in, sit down, ask some of those questions. Like he said, at least get those questions answered. All you have to do is reach out to Michael Stewart at Crystal Lake Tax and Financial by calling 815-526-3092. That's 815-526-3092. Just get the conversation started. Dive into some of these tough issues we've talked about. All you have to do is dial 815-526-3092. All right, Michael, let's shift directions now and dive into the news. Extra, extra, read all about it. Well, as always, we'd like to see what's going on in the world around us. Michael McDonald says that they're discontinuing all of their lobbying efforts that fight against minimum wage increases. Is this a sign that higher wages for workers across the board are an inevitability? I would say be careful what you wish for. And, you know, we've talked about this on probably about a year ago on the podcast. This is a sign that minimum wages and wages in general may be rising, especially for lower skilled positions. So that's a positive. But behind the scenes, think about what's really happening and why Amazon and McDonald's and other fast food restaurants and retailers aren't fighting this rising minimum wage anymore in the short term. It looks like they're contributing to better paying jobs, when in reality, what's really happening is that they're finalizing the replacement of these soon-to-be, for the short term, higher paid workers, as they're already developing the technology for the replacement in both robots and automated kiosks. So Amazon's about to roll out completely worker-free order-picking robots. Already three-quarters of their order-to-fulfillment process is already automated without any human involvement. There's very limited in the warehouses when they're picking the orders. With the exception of delivery, there's very little human involvement. 
And if you think about McDonald's and other restaurants, they've already begun to roll out their touch screen ordering and automated kitchen cook lines that only require limited human involvement. Why that's important is that entry-level wages may be rising in the short term, but entry-level jobs are soon to decline and essentially be automated out of existence. And what that foretells for the economy and the unemployment rate, well, that's going to be an entirely separate podcast. <laughs> There's only so much we can get into on one podcast for sure. But thanks for diving into that just a little bit. Now, how about we go ahead and take another question from the mailbag? It's time for the mailbag. We want to hear from you. We do always love to hear from our listeners out there in the area. We love to see what's going on and what questions you might have. As always, you too can submit a question for the podcast. Just go online to crystallaketax.com. That's crystallaketax.com. This question comes to us from Jeff, who is in Lake Geneva. Jeff says, I want to retire in five years when I turn 55. So presumably he's 50. He asks, is that a bad idea? Yeah, Jeff, it's never a bad idea to retire if you have the resources and the plan in place. The key thing would be beginning to take a look at some of the things that many people overlook. One of those things might be, where is your retirement income going to come in? So let's assume that you're fully going to stop working at 55. So the next thing comes down to, do you have a pension? You know, maybe you worked for a government, government entity, maybe you were a teacher, maybe you just have a private pension so that that's going to kick in at 55. You'll be fully vested with, you know, a nice income stream. That's a possibility. So that might open the door for that thought. Maybe you got a lot of rental properties, right? Or a lot of investment income. Sure, that might work. One of the things that I would say is, well, how are we going to bridge healthcare costs? So if we retire at 65, and assuming that you don't have any employer care from thereafter, from 55 to 65, how are we going to pay the health insurance premiums? It doesn't mean that you don't want to retire at 55. It just means that you might need a little bit extra cash flow on a monthly basis just to pay for these 100% of the health insurance premiums and out-of-pocket health costs that you might have until 65 when Medicare can kick in. Other things you look at is... When we talk about retirement income, you got to figure in inflation. If you're going to retire at 55, there's a really good chance, especially if you're married, that one or both of you are going to be retired for 35 to 40 years. And we know that the cost of living doubles about every 18 to 20 years. So if you need $75,000 of income now, in about 20 years, you're going to need about $150,000 of income. Are you positioned for rising income in the future? So not only to pay today's bills or those over the next five years or so, do you have different spigots that you can turn on that are going to provide the growth necessary to provide that rising income for you? So there's a lot of little moving parts that are out there, Jeff. So, you know, the easy answer is congratulations if you're in that position, eyeing that within five years. Doesn't mean that you can't do it. It just means that there's some of these other variables you want to take into consideration to make sure that when you begin retirement, you don't have to, in about 10 or 15 years, come back out of retirement because some choices weren't made correctly on the front end. Jeff, we do certainly thank you for writing in. It's a pleasure to feature your question on the podcast. As always, you too can be featured on the podcast. We love getting your questions each month. Michael, before we let you go, let's take a look inside the business. Welcome 
time to time, we like to just kind of peek back the curtain, see how Michael runs his business, how he's influenced, see how things are structured, just give you an idea of what's going on, especially if you're a client bringing your finances in and trusting him with those. We just want to know what's going on in the business. Michael, what's a business in another industry that you've taken inspiration from and how you run your company? Yeah, this has been really just a growing up of the business. So I've been a financial planner for about 19 years now and 11 in my own company for Crystal Lake Tax and Financial. So initially, you know, it, it was, you know, a client would come in and say, okay, we've got this problem. And we'd say, okay, let's solve that problem. You know, or they would come in and say, oh, you know, I'm, I'm only available at seven o'clock on a Thursday night or Saturday at two o'clock in the afternoon. And we'd say, okay, well, let's, let's meet then, you know, because we needed revenue at the time. Now that our practice has evolved, and, you know, we have a very successful practice here that, you know, taxes and financial planning and investment management and all those kind of things is what we've really done is gone really more closer to what a doctor's office, how it gets run. So as an example, on the financial planning side, when clients come in and say, you know, I only want to talk about Social Security today. And we say, well, we can't do that. You know, we need to talk about your overall financial plan, your overall financial situation, because it would be like a doctor only treating part of the body, not the whole body. You know, so we're very holistic as far as in order to give you advice about one thing, we kind of need to know how everything else fits in place. The second part of that is even how we schedule. I mentioned, you know, we used to be, you know, 24-7 almost for, for a lot of clients. And what we've done is we found out that our better clients were more serious about coming in to meet with us. So if we were running a typically a normal, you know, nine to five type day, maybe one night a week and every other Saturday or so, they would make the time if they were serious about improving their financial position and getting good financial advice, they would make the time, just like you would with your dentist or just like you would with your physician, they determine when their availability is based on the schedule and not the other way around. You know, your, your physician isn't coming in at four o'clock on a Saturday just because you say, you know, you're golfing earlier in the day or so. It's just not the way it works. So on our business, the way we've changed on there is not only being holistic and treating the entire financial portion of your portfolio in your life, but we run our schedule like a professional practice. So we'll say, you know what, we're here nine to five, Monday through Friday, we'll be here one night and that night's reserved for clients, you know, that are still working during the day and alternating Saturdays. And what we found out is the better clients that we have are the ones that truly want financial advice. They're willing to take it. They have the resources for it. And just as importantly, we know that their level of commitment to us and being serious about whatever plan we put in place is going to be seen by their ability to juggle their own schedule as well to make sure that during normal office hours that this is important to them, so they're going to make time for it. Well, certainly, Michael, we thank you for kind of being willing to peel back some of the layers, let us know what's going on inside your business. And as always, we thank you for joining us here on the podcast. Have a good day, Mark. Crystal Lake is a one-stop shop with a CPA, enrolled agent, and paralegal all on staff. They can help you when it comes to all things financial and any retirement matters. We thank you, Michael, for joining us, and we'll do it again next time on another edition of Retirement Matters. Investment advisory services offered through Sound Income Strategies, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisory firm. The information provided herein is for training or educational purposes only and does not constitute an offer to sell or a solicitation of an offer to buy any securities, investments, investment strategies, or investment advice relating to securities, nor is the information or representation that any security is a suitable or appropriate investment for any person. Before acting on any advice, you should consider the appropriateness of the advice having regard to your own objectives, financial 
financial situation and needs. Please contact us to obtain our disclosure brochure relating to the services offered by Sound Income Strategies, LLC, and consider its contents before making any decisions. Where quoted, past performance is not indicative of future performance. Sound Income Strategies, LLC does not represent or warrant that the contents of this program are suitable for you from a compliance, regulatory, legal, or any other perspective. We shall have no responsibility for your use or non-use of the program or any portion thereof. Crystal Lake Tax and Financial and Sound Income Strategies, LLC are not associated entities.